to the Compliance Plus Ethics Equals Integrity podcast, featuring Barry Dunn, healthcare practice group professionals and expert guests, discussing their insights into contemporary as well as perennial healthcare regulatory, revenue integrity, general compliance, and risk management topics. I'm Regina Alexander, a principal in Barry Dunn's healthcare practice group. I'm joined for this episode by Barry Dunn Healthcare Practice Group Senior Manager, Robin Hoffman, and by Elizabeth Liz O'Darity, APRN, who is with Precision Care, LLC. In this episode, we're examining how the HRSA after-hours coverage requirements for federally qualified health centers represents an opportunity FQHCs, as well as RHCs and PACE programs, can enhance the quality of care, reduce ED utilization, mitigate provider burnout, etc., by simply going beyond the minimum insofar as complying with the requirements. But before we get into our discussion, a quick disclaimer. The content we discuss in this podcast is based on our professional experience advising healthcare providers, facilities, and other organizations engaging Barry Dunn for compliance and other services. While we may reference specific government programs, Medicare and Medicaid policies, and regulatory guidance, we do not speak for any government agency or contractor, nor do we have the authority to do so. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. Anyone seeking legal advice on the subjects we discuss should consult their own attorney. Thanks for taking the time to join the podcast, Robin. Before we jump right into our discussion, would you share a bit about your professional background and the type of services you provide for Barry Dunn's clients? Thanks, Regina. During my career, I've had over 20 years of experience in primary health care settings in the state of Connecticut and the state of Kentucky. I've been certified in healthcare compliance since March of 2010. Immediately prior to joining Barry Dunn, I served for over six years as the corporate compliance officer for a Connecticut-based federally qualified health center. In that health center, I launched the role of corporate compliance officer. One of my responsibilities was to assure that the health center maintained full compliance with all of the mandatory components that have been established by the Health Resources and Services Administration for federally qualified health centers. One of these important mandatory program elements focuses on coverage for medical emergencies during and after the health center's regularly scheduled hours of operation. Thanks, Robin. In our discussion today about how health centers can meet HRSA's after-hours coverage requirements, we are very pleased to be joined by one of Barry Dunn's clients, Liz O'Doherty, APRN, from Precision Care, LLC. Liz, please let our listeners learn more about your professional history. Certainly. Thanks for inviting me to join you today. First, I'd like to share with you and your listeners that I'm a female combat veteran of the Iraqi war. I've been certified as a family nurse practitioner since 2010 by the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners. I have had several licenses in many states. I'm currently licensed as a family nurse practitioner and a registered nurse in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Kentucky, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, California, Oregon, Washington, and just recently applied for licensure as an APRN and RN in Connecticut. 
I continue to maintain my active CPR certification. As a family nurse practitioner, I've cared for patients in a variety of settings, including community health centers, the Veterans Administration Health System, an urgent care clinic, and patients' homes. Because of this, I've experienced documenting in many different electronic health record systems, including Epic, NextGen, Meditech, Centricity, and CPRS. Since 2018, I've been the Chief Clinical Officer and I'm one of the APRN owners of Precision Care LLC. We provide after-hours clinical on-call services by telephone for a Medicare ACO and PACE program in Massachusetts. Thanks so much for sharing your impressive background, Liz. I'm going to pivot to Robin. So, Robin, let's talk about the Health Resources and Services Administration's requirements for FQHCs when responding to their patients' medical emergencies when the health center is closed. Who can provide this coverage? Happy to do so, Regina. HRSA states that this coverage is to be provided by telephone or face-to-face by what they define as an individual with the qualification and training necessary to exercise professional judgment in assessing the patient's need for emergency care. HRSA states that a health center may have formal arrangements with non-health center providers and entities to offer this coverage. Well, that certainly sounds like uh, Liz's background is someone who's qualified. So, Liz, what Robin has just described sounds very similar to the type of services that Precision Care LLC provides to a Massachusetts-based PACE program, as well as an accountable care organization. Can you share with us how this type of coverage works? So Precision Care interfaces with PACE and ACO programs answering services to provide after-hours coverage. Our providers come on once the office is closed, generally 5 p.m. on a typical Monday through Friday workday and all through the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, and major and minor holidays as contracted. And we receive secure text messages from the call center which works directly for the PACE and ACO program. And we have access through the PACE and ACO programs EMR behind their firewall. So we do not store any patient data. We do not have any issues with compromised PHI. And we have our own login to uh, access patients' records within the PACE and ACO programs medical record. So we receive a secure text message from the the call center and uh, we respond typically within three to five minutes because we like to look up a patient's chart, see what's going on, any pertinent details pertaining to that particular person and respond to the call. These calls can come from the community, they can come from nursing facilities, assisted livings, family members, patients themselves, uh, other uh, offices, and uh, visiting nursing associations, home health aides, you name it. And they call with after-hours concerns that may or not be of an urgent matter, but they need to be uh, noted and addressed. So anything from my home health, they didn't come today to I'm having chest pain, what do I do? 
and these are triaged and addressed as as appropriate and uh, and follow up is communicated to the team for the next business day. Wow. Um, so just remind me, Liz, um, the, the precision care, when, when you respond to that, um, patient, that text from the, um, from the call center, they're reaching, the patient is going to speak to an APRN right away, correct? Absolutely. And you've already seen their medical record. That sounds like a big, a big advantage. Um, so I'm going to, Robin, turning it back to you, because this sounds like the kind of service, uh, federally qualified health centers also have to, provide this off-hours coverage. What are the other HRSA requirements for FQHCs when responding to their patients' medical emergencies that occur when the health center is closed? Regina, absolutely. In addition to what Liz has described that Precision Care offers, which sounds like such an incredible service for patients of a federally qualified health center, there are a few additional requirements from the Health Resources and Services Administration. Similar to what Precision Care provides to its clients, a health center's operating procedures must describe in writing how after all's calls will be documented, including any requirements regarding necessary follow-up from the after-hours call for the purpose of continuity of care for the patient. The health centers must also assure that their patients who have limited English proficiency are able to access after-hours care in an equal manner, if you will, with English-speaking patients. So, Liz, does Precision Care get calls from non-English speakers in its PACE and ACO work? How are these type of calls handled? We do receive those types of calls, and because PACE and ACO have uh, interpreter services that they, they work with, we're able to utilize those services as well. And it really streamlines the care. It allows for continuity and uh, prevents any you know, difficulty with communicating so we can provide the most efficient care for the particular need. So that brings up a follow-up. So Liz, as a health center considers its approach on how to provide after-hours coverage, all the HRSA requirements, um, in play, what are some of the potential benefits of having a contractor like a Precision Care to provide these services um, versus in-house versus maybe just a, you know, a beeper service or something? So our job as providers is to care for patients. Precision Care's job is to care for patients and care for providers. Our service has shown a decrease in provider turnover significantly with our PACE program. And the quality of life has improved tremendously for the providers who work the eight to five in the office caring for these patients. Folks' medical concerns are very complex and they require 24-hour coverage because you don't just get sick Monday through Friday. It's, it's never convenient to be sick. So our job is to allow providers who are so dedicated to rest and recharge and know that their patients are being cared for. And our continuity of care, because we are the ones that folks turn to after hours, we have built relationships with patients. We've built relationships with visiting nurses, all, all by phone. 
And over the years, uh, it's shown to improve the patient's experience in their care. It's shown to improve the health of the population because we have great relationships with the patients and families and the providers that we work with, that we openly communicate, we work together for solutions, we reduce uh, avoidable emergency department visits by, by, by accessing the record and uh, communicating openly with the team, uh, which really in turn reduces the per capita cost of health and, uh, and keeps folks at home who don't need to be in the emergency department which improves their overall health and helps improve uh, our healthcare system in general. We are used as a recruitment tool for our contractors. They've uh, determined that their providers are so satisfied that they have posted on their website that they never have to do call because, because we're there. So that's a big big win for uh, for recruiters looking for new uh, new providers coming into PACE and ACO programs that we work with. And, uh, and it's just improves, it improves the workflow because we openly communicate, like I said, and providers are satisfied and providers can reach out to us with any uh, concerns, you know, particularly on the weekends, if, if something's going on, they have open access to us as well. So it really is sort of a full circle service that helps patients and providers tremendously. I, it's it, Liz, it really sounds like, um, you know, the APRNs at Precision Care are actually part of the care team, right? You're documenting that patient record. And as a compliance professional, I know that I was at first uh, really surprised when I learned about your services to really connect it to compliance, actually, even though it's about excellent clinical care. Boy, it looks like we're already getting to the towards the end of our conversation, but I would like to bring Robin back in for some final thoughts and key points. So, Robin, after listening to um, Liz describe uh, precision care and, and the APRNs uh, being part of the, uh, the off-hours coverage being part of the clinical team, as well as sharing with us the HRSA compliance requirements, um, what do you think are some of the most important takeaways for our listeners? Yes, Regina, absolutely. If a health center is wanting to use the type of service that Precision Care offers to patients, then there are a few considerations that a health center needs to take into account to make sure that they maintain their compliance with HRSA requirements. These focus on procurement of this type of service, the written agreement with the provider of these services, malpractice coverage for these clinicians, and the credentialing and privileging of the clinicians. With respect to the procurement process, a health center needs to make sure that it is looking at its own procurement policy and procedure to make sure that it is internally consistent. HRSA says that all procurement transactions that are paid for in whole or part with the federal award of a federally qualified health center have to be conducted in a manner that provides full and open competition. Procurements by non-competitive proposals are really, really not advisable. There would be a very defined set of circumstances, which could be if, for instance, 
that service were only available through a single source or if the Health Resources and Services Administration has specifically authorized in writing in response to a request of HRSA um, to go down this pathway. Also, if competition is found to be not very robust, in other words, if there aren't a lot of providers that can provide these sorts of services after a solicitation is done, then one could think about a sole source arrangement. Secondly, the health center needs to make sure that its agreement with the company will be one that will stand up to HRSA requirements when HRSA comes in to do its every three-year visit at the federally qualified health center. So the agreement with the provider would need to stipulate the types of activities or services that will be provided, the methods by which the health center will look at the performance of the contractor, and also requirements to the contractor in terms of necessary data. In terms of malpractice coverage, this is something that does warrant advance attention. So the health center really needs to look at the HRSA requirements for clinical malpractice coverage that all health centers have through the Federal Tort Claims Act. The health centers are considered deemed. In other words, their clinical malpractice coverage is provided by the federal government. So there needs to be a documented contractual relationship. There needs to be something in writing between the health center and the individual provider. In other words, the clinician that would be working with the service needs to have a one-on-one -on -one arrangement with the health center directly. Also, the health center needs to make sure that it follows its existing policies and procedures for credentialing and privileging. And Liz has described in her presentation how she and her colleagues are able to document in the electronic health record through PACE and the Accountable Care Organization. A health center, if they credential and privilege a clinician, then that clinician has the ability to use the electronic health record to make sure that there is seamless continuity of care for the patient. Thank you for sharing your insights, Liz and Robin. We've reached the conclusion of today's discussion. So on behalf of myself and Robin and Liz, we thank you for listening to this episode of Barry Dunn's Healthcare Insights, Compliance, plus ethics equals integrity podcast. We welcome listener questions and feedback about the ideas we discussed in this episode, as well as suggestions for topics we should consider developing for future episodes. <music>